welcome everybody to the click podcast this is your a safe space for all things dao ops related the dao space is kind of hard to keep track on your own but then uh with the click podcast you can now traverse this uh, ever fast moving space to kind of get your alpha and operational insights from some of the best people within this space operators who work closely for the progress of the dao revolution i am your co-host abhishek ajit and along with me is my co-host uh, abhishek sanavne hi abhishek hey, what's up doing uh, good one, dude uh fantastic man it's a wonderful day over here and uh, nothing uh for this podcast we have someone uh, who i admire not just because of his insights but because of his packed schedule the sort of in- initiatives that he is rolling with uh we i think besides the governance insights he should start a, a book on time management <laughs> we have with us um Jan Rezina slash Pankar, uh, who's work, who's actually one of the most prolific contributors I've seen. He works uh, closely with Gitcoin DAO. He's a co-founder of Bankless. He's a delegate for Maker DAO. He's also working closely with Lama. And that's those are his hobbies. We haven't gotten to the career part yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Pankar. Nice to have you on the show. Hey Abhishek and Abhishek thank you for having me and thank you for a great introduction uh yeah sometimes it's uh you know hard to keep up with all the stuff but uh so far I'm enjoying it so uh, it as you said like you know it's kind of a hobby uh being uh, in web3 and like see what you can do and all the impact so that's kind of what keeps me going even uh during some long, longer days and longer weeks uh yeah and excited to be here oh lovely we we are even more stoked to have you on board now before we kind of get things rolling uh i know that your name is yan but what does pankar mean let's just start off with that little detail off please <laughs> yeah so you know uh the government when i was born gave me or my parents gave me like a name yan but when i enter web3 i kind of change it uh to nickname uh which is punkar it was actually original originally punchar it's like the soft c uh there but it would be too hard probably to pronounce for people so i just like you know stick with like a regular c and you know there is not it's not that exciting story it was just a uh, my friend uh during high school gave me that kind of nickname uh and we were hanging out and i started using it uh when i did like uh, some you know gaming or basically all the online things i just use it as a as a nickname and because web3 is basically only online i was just like yeah it's better to use that it's unique you know everyone can kind of remember it well so i just stick to it Oh, fantastic i mean uh you know there's kind of a mistake you know for people who don't know you the sort of work that you do uh, pankar seems like a good way to go with it man i mean so uh how did you kind of get into the space man i mean how uh, what were the sort of stories that you kind of had that made you connect with the whole uh dar revolution so well yeah so i started like my career started like uh within my family uh so my my family is like small business owner so i've been helping my whole life let's say uh with the business and so 
I I know how it's to run like you know family business with few employees and be very close to each other, and basically that was kind of the base for my career overall. Then I switched to do some corporate work, so I've been part of uh, Ernst and Young uh, UI uh, for seven years. Been part of the innovation and blockchain group uh, based based in New York, and really like. When I was doing that uh, as a part of the corporate job, like I was exploring more Web three and like I was exploring what we can, where we can use blockchain. But I always felt like the corporation doesn't fit that well with the Web three like thesis. You know what I knew, kind of the small business type of uh, doing stuff uh, before with my family. So eventually, I decided to quit my job um in in the corporation and really go directly to web3 and like really leverage that knowledge of how you do like small business to help the DAOs basically grow their business because it's usually very much like small medium enterprise if you think about it and a community of people which are very close to each other and they just need to execute on the same vision so that's kind of how i got into crypto and you know, trying to really leverage my past experience with corporation and small businesses to help help this industry grow. Oh, fantastic! I I think that's kind of a fascinating uh, you know starting point. I mean, you kind of worked with EY for their blockchain efforts, and then you kind of went into Web three. From the cozy structure of working with EY, uh, how did you kind of transition to the chaotic? Frontier that was DAOs, and what you know, how did you kind of what are the DAOs that you kind of worked with? What was your experience like working with them? And uh, tell us about it, okay? So, because my role was uh, very specific within the blockchain team, and I had to work with all the other like member firms globally, so there were like I don't know 30, 40 other teams I had to kind of align with. And there were like risk management, which I had to deal with and legal and in each country different and so on. I don't think it's a big deal for me now to be in the DAO, which is also a little bit messy because like it, it's like, you know, it's a corporation, but because of the, how big they are, like there are so many things you need to deal with, like kind of the red, red tape uh, kind of stuff. And like people does, does not agree with each other and so on and so forth. So. I have had like a lot of experience how to deal with it there. And also what is really, really cool about my like previous job and what like taught me a lot, like it's like there were different cultures. Like I've been working with people from Japan, India, Australia, US, Europe, like all around basically. And while working with those people, you learn how, like what are maybe the culture differences and how you need to put kind of the proposal up or how you need to talk to them if it's more direct or more indirect you know what what kind of they they are like uh, how they are interacting because sometimes like feedback in if you're giving the same feedback to a person let's say in us and you are giving the same feedback a person who is like in czech republic like for the person uh in czech republic would be like okay cool thank thank you for letting me know and the person in US will be like maybe you know stressed that it was like something went so bad, but no, it was just like a little bit more direct, you know. So that's something what I learned there, 
And now going into the DAO, which is global organization, again, we have people from all around the world. Everyone has different kind of background. Everyone is, you know, slightly different. This helps me a lot to talk to the people and to be aware of those differences while I'm putting like governance proposal on or while you know I'm discussing some new topic for how the DAO should be should be led or governed and so on. So so I think there was a good things which I have learned while working for Eva as a corporation, which now I can leverage for the DAO. How did you first start contributing to DAOs and how did that kind of transition to the governance aspect for all these DAOs? Yeah, great question. So as I said, like my role was very much like, you know, kind of program manager type of role. So I've been dealing with governance stuff and operation stuff before. So that's why I knew that like that can be where I can add value within a DAO. So I started to work with Gitcoin because um, I used to be a board member for like open source protocol or open source project on behalf of EY when I left EY. Couldn't be anymore, but I still think like open source is really important. Therefore, like Gitcoin was like my let's say number one choice to just be involved and try to contribute there. And they needed someone for the operations and managing the tooling. I had that background, so I jump in. And you know how DAO works. Like you jump in, you start working, and eventually you will you know discuss some compensation. Like it's not the same as like the job that you have hiring process you go through the round and from day one of your work you get paid it's more different like the hiring process is like first month of your working maybe you know and like you just like part of the community and then you just like get paid eventually because you do good work or or not because you have not done good work uh and you are taking the risk as a contributor which i like because i think like everyone should get the chance kind of to try contributing. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's a kind of like relationships, you know? You go for a date, if it's not really good, like, okay, you pay dinner and and that's it. Or if it's good, like you might, you know, end up with a really long-term relationship, which is great. But why third party needs to be like interviewing you in advance or like doing some hiring process? Like that's, that's probably something what I would not like to have. So. So I see the DAO uh, basically a similar way. So that was the first. Uh, and there was uh, two more DAOs actually I kind of started to interact with. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm co-founder of Bankless Consulting. So I've been uh, in Bankless DAO also listening to the podcast, you know, like a great community of builders. Uh, so being kind of involved in the DAO even before uh, I quit, but then more active when I quit EY. And the gap, what we have seen there was, there are so many builders within Bankless DAO. Like there is 25,000 members, you know, Quite however, hard. there is, yeah. And, the, the, but there is not enough work for them, like paid work. Like you can run some project, but like, you know, if you want to be full-time DAO or full-time Web3, you need to have some income. Like you cannot do it like, you know, out of the thin air kind of. So what we kind of realized, we need to have some platform where the good contributors, which really want to be full-time and want to focus on Web3, have an opportunity to get work 
in Web3 by helping other protocols or and other projects. So we created this consulting. And like basically what we are doing now is we are sourcing a business uh, because other DAOs need some help. They need help with designing governance. They need help with marketing strategy. They need help with tokenomics. And we do have the resources. So we basically ask what they need, get to know the project or protocol. And then on the other side, we get the resources. We have some core resources already within Pekka's consulting. We have extended resource group within the DAO. And we get those people, deploy them on the project, help the project or protocol you know, with what they struggle with. And so they are happy. And we also give some like earning opportunities to those people, which can now be more focused on Web3 and maybe even quit their Web2 jobs if they get enough uh, this type of project. So, so this was kind of the second, uh, it was like in parallel a little bit, but like, that was like the second thing I realized we need in Web3 and like, and really go, uh, go for it. And, and then the last one, it was more like to explore like DeFi because I'm coming from financial services background as well. I've been working for banks and implementing some innovative solution for them. So just like how the DeFi works and like be more involved in DeFi. So like maker index group and so on. So that's how all this, like you mentioned, Llama, uh, index, uh, maker went together. So that was kind of my hobby. Uh, <laughs> and I, I helped there like with the governance. Uh, so, you know, they, they had this delegation index group own a lot of tokens. So they had the meta governance. So I was helping executing the meta governance. I was really interested in maker. So I've, I've been kind of juggling the, these two then eventually become, you know, recognized delegate at maker and Lama, uh, kind of came into this picture in the way, like we at index start working with Lama. Uh, it was like one of the main partners. So I, uh, got, I knew the people and I was like, I don't want to be this on my own as a delegate. I think like there is much more power and more value we can bring as a group. Uh, and Lama has uh, such a great resources in this like DeFi space. They work with Aave a lot, they with Balancer and so on. I was like, you know, and, and I know those guys are, you know, super cool, super sharp. So I was like, okay, let, let me do this delegate platform, but Lama do want to actually be kind of like spearheading that and like we get more resources deployed and we get this much more value to make it out. You've worked with a massive amount of DAOs, Bunkar. Now you've uh, been a delegate for these people and in a way, uh, you're at the frontier of how these DAOs kind of operate. Now, uh, seeing uh, what's going on with the governance side of things, uh, how has governance kind of evolved through your perspective? And uh, what are the, uh, where has governance kind of stagnated that's kind of necessitating the whole uh, to dog approach that we are actually here to talk about. Yeah. Uh, thank you for this questions. There are so many experiments in the governance, you know, like there are many different structures. There are many different kind of concepts. We are now kind of testing and that's why this group even happened. Like I was like so many concepts I cannot keep up and I don't know which one is su succeeding and which one is failing if I don't do my research. 
And why I need to do my research if someone else already done that? And that's basically how we are now treating governance. Like, if you run some experiment, let's present it to the rest of the kind of ecosystem, so we can learn from from your mistakes and from your successes, and we can implement it to ours. And then when we implement to ours, we will present it back to you, so you can improve back what you originally have and where you might have been struggling. So. What I see the governance uh, now, I would not say like it's broken. I would say it's early. Uh, I think it's a good concept, like the DAO concept of like more like ownership to people and more decentralized way of dealing takes. Definitely something what I want to support and I want to succeed. We are early, therefore there will be many things where we will be failing, many things when we will be coming up as a new ideas. And eventually, you know, we will probably have some like couple of like verified techniques, like how to deal with governance and overall ecosystem will improve. So when we when we look at the governance and the early concepts, like it was usually one token, one vote uh type of governance and without any option to like delegate uh so that that's how it started and if you think about it like it's it would not fly in the real world let's say like we would vote for a new president and you would vote for a new president based on your net value like basically based on like net worth uh i don't think that would be kind of something what people will be happy with like basically the one percent of population will decide on behalf of 99 percent of the population uh, with like the recent numbers and now we are trying to implement this uh within like the DAO ecosystem you know it's the difference that it's like in smaller scale and it's more like enter business wise however we are trying to still combine kind of the traditional corporate structure with more like the community structure. So we need to be mindful of that. What I think works well here is creating this kind of a delegation uh, concept. So what has been broken originally was like people who does not have power, like are not really interested. Like if I have one vote and someone has thousand, like why I would vote. Like it doesn't make any sense to me because someone else will decide. As I said, one person will decide on behalf of 99. So you have first like not incentivization of voting because there is no power in it. And second is uh, like you do not understand. Like you do not understand what is actually going on. You might be DeFi user, which already makes you very sophisticated, you know, uh, user in that sense but you don't know how the smart contracts brand works majority of people does not really know how the smart contracts works if they change the risk parameters how it can actually influence me they might see like oh why i'm getting lower yield now and i would vote on that because that's the only thing i care about actually but that's that's kind of the only so i think they that couldn't fly from those reasons i mentioned like you know, it's 1% voting on behalf of 99, uh, don't understand stuff and so on. And how we are kind of dealing with it, it's kind of introducing the delegation. And delegation to someone who will make sure that they understand. Uh, so if I delegate to 
let's say I have some token, I have I don't understand DeFi. Abhishek, you understand DeFi. So I give you because I trust you, I give you that my one token, and you get one token with from other people as well. Therefore, you are gaining the power, so influence in the community. So my one token, it's now basically all your tokens means because you are presenting me with all the power you have. And also so I don't so I'm feeling like empowered. Uh and the second thing is like I again don't understand DeFi, but you do, and I trust you because you posted about it, you have some good articles explaining it well to me that even I kind of know why you have voted that way. So I feel also kind of safe that you are doing the best for the protocol. Therefore, my money are safe, the yield it's getting higher and so on. So I think that's kind of the evolution really high level and how we are getting from like this, you know, we can call it broken or like the simplest concept we could have come up at, at the spot at that time. And then like we are just improving on that. So uh, the sort of aspect that you're talking about where what was once a, a one person, one vote for a system has now kind of evolved um, to a very common form of governance in um, in the crypto space, that is delegation, uh, is where uh, where you have people who are kind of apathetic to what's going on in the protocol or they don't know what's happening or, uh, you know, maybe the whole thing is too complex. You kind of have delegation set up in place where uh, those who are smart enough to make a, a choice or, or a decision, uh, the token holders kind of delegate that power to them. And that is a sort of uh, protocols that kind of do with it. Those are the key protocols you work with. Bitcoin, uh, Index Coop, to some extent, I guess. Um, Compound. Uh, these are the main uh, protocols that kind of have this delegation style. But every other DAO has uh, a one, uh, one token, one vote, I guess. Uh, most other DAOs, I guess. But now, uh, this is the ability for uh, each steward, like, for example, you, or Lefter is from Gitcoin, or uh, Linda J from Gitcoin. If I feel that these individual personalities are uh, good enough stewards along with all the core team, they get to have an active say in the governance because I trust them and I don't feel like I'm capable enough or I may not have the time. Now, what you are kind of proposing or what you have uh, done with Bankless Consulting is uh, you want to bring the DAO to DAO governance. Could you get into uh, what exactly the DAO to DAO governance is and why that was necessary from the existing individual stewards uh, approach? Yeah, great question. Uh, so when you think about it, like, and some protocols actually are well off with like this one person uh, delegate type of thing. And it's like some like easy concept to understand, like it's maybe some movement or something. So it's more like about opinions. It's not about like technical work. Uh, so you don't need to, you know, understand multiple different things to actually be able to run it. Like if you run some like uh, movement, like for donating, let's say something like Bitcoin donating more money to open source, like there is the technical part on the product definitely, but it's like, more straightforward that like you want to bring more money uh, community together and so on. And I feel like one person can have good grabs on all of these uh, at, the, at the same time. So that's why Gitcoin has a lot of like individual stewards. 
But if you need to run a DeFi protocol, just basically like running a bank almost, like there are, there is, you know, the, all this like smart contracts and like lending or the maker, they have a stable coin. Then there, there is like real world assets, which is totally different beast and legal stuff, which are coming into the place and so on. And like, you have so many aspects of it. And as it's growing, it's even more aspects of it. Then one person cannot really understand everything. Like, let's uh, take a maker's example. You know, there is like risk uh, adjustment, like uh, proposal every month. So we are adjusting the parameters because of like market move and so on. I can take a look and say, okay, makes sense. Can I do analysis on it? Even though I have been part of a risk practice before, like it would take me forever probably to run analysis like that. And it's not something what I want to focus on. So I would rather like ask someone from you know, Lama team uh, who do that like regularly. Hey, can you check it if that, you know, it's okay and we should vote for it. And that's how, how we can do it. Then we do have like real world asset collateral or burning because I've been in the lending business before. Uh, I know how lending generally works and I can read uh, contracts uh, and so on. So that may be where I can help. Like I can like review the contract, I can see it and I can say, okay, that's generally a good deal for maker. And then there will be some some other aspects which might need some some other stuff. And that's why I like kind of, when I thought about it, like when I would be like delegate on maker, I was like, I cannot do it on my own. I just need more people to be with me here, to be do good delegate, or I would be voting on every other proposal because you know I would not understand all the proposals. So that's why I kind of come up with this concept like DAOs should actually, you know, be the professional delegates. And who is the best DAO to decide on the other DAO kind of interaction? It's DAO that they work together with. And so if you take uh, some, some example again, like Maker, you know, and their business partner can be like Aave, you know, like they, they do have like the D3M deployed on Aave to, uh, for DAI. Uh, and like, so they are interacting. They need to kind of be aware of each other because like, if the parameters on Aave change, they need to change also the limit uh, for D3M, uh, you know, provided by Maker. So there needs to be interaction. So those two needs to work very closely together. They are in the same similar business. So that's where like they really understand each other. They know exactly what needs to happen to be successful. And it's not like a competitive way, but it's more like if one platform grows, the second can benefit out of it as well. Uh, and so, and now the question is, do they have time to participate in each other governance or resources? And the, the answer is actually no, usually. Like they are, they are busy with their core product. They are busy with, you know, developing new features. Now it's like bear market, figuring out what's the top priority, where they can cut budget and they should increase budget and so on. They need to focus on their, their own kind of stuff. And they don't have extra capacity to be like maker team, like one day at the week, like be like reviewing Aves contract. So 
that's where some professional companies can come come in place with the resources that they can actually kind of put them together. And in this sense, it's like Llama, we uh, have uh, developers, we have business analysts, so we have, you know, treasury management uh, specialists. So we can cover all these aspects. And because we do some project with uh, projects with Aave, we very well understand how Aave works. We are also delegate there. So we understand also the governance search and everything. We are now like at the maker. We, I would say, also understand how maker, maker is what they are trying to achieve. And because we are one team, I know what, when I will do something, if it benefits to maker, I can like bring it up. And like, so I team, can kind pardon, of facilitate. The team, that, the team that you're talking about, this is Bankless Consulting. That's the team that kind of makes that uh, uh, proposals to both maker and Aave. Or uh, what, were the, what is the team that you were specifying here? Yeah, so th- this is actually the Llama team. Okay, so okay, okay. in this in this particular example, it's Llama, and I can actually then explain more like the differences between Llama and Backlist Consulting. And I'm, I'm part of both. Uh, so in this like uh, maker of an example, it's a Llama team who works with both uh, protocols and can really like help them to leverage their synergies and also help each be good delegate on each because we understand the ecosystem and we can really provide good insight and opinions on that. What Bankless Consulting does, and where's the difference, we work uh, more with like early projects and helping them design those uh, governance structures. So if, you know, we are not like delegates uh, on uh, on protocols, but we are using the resources from Bankless DAO and, you know, some Bankless Consulting or uh, which are involved in like, other DAOs to help design governance structures, tokenomic structures, and so on. So if I take an example, like if there will be new DeFi protocol, they are just starting, they decentralizing, they're launching their token and so on, that will be probably where Bankless Consulting will come in and help them set up their tokenomics, governance, relationships, and so on. When they mature, become big as Aave or Maker and needs more help on like, this like more advanced technical development stuff and delegation that's where llama uh it's like kind of playing that role so that's kind of the like little differences they are both service DAOs. they both has like very similar vision of like helping other projects succeed in web3 just playing in different fields okay so the way i see it llama uh, they kind of focus on the treasury management aspect of a lot because of that uh, competence, they kind of uh, have this ability to be a delegate for Maker and Aave. Uh, what about Bankless? What, what sort of uh, projects are they a delegate for? And why? So, yeah, so Bankless, uh, as much, I would say, larger uh, focus. Uh, and it's also because of the number of people uh, within the DAO. You know what I said? Like, we, we have a group with focus on NFTs uh, and like uh, NFT drops and those type of project, helping them with marketing strategy, helping them with community management and so on. We do have practice, which I'm now kind of spearheading now, helping with gaming uh, companies, like entering Web3, building their tokenomics uh, and building their kind of structures, how they can deal with this new play and earn stuff and not like, bankrupt or like you know failed as 
we have seen with some uh, Web3 games already. Okay. And there are many, many more. So, so in this sense, like we have like, if we are not like uh, that specific, we have much larger pool of talent and we are helping usually like this project from like very early stages, like to, to build their product, launch their, uh, like raise their seed round and so on. So okay. that's something where we are playing uh, with Bankless Consulting. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, now that Lama's kind of worked it out, could you talk about the sort of benefits? I mean, in terms of impact, the sort of proposals Lama has brought in that's made a difference to Maker and Aave, uh, that wouldn't have been possible with the, with the community kind of voting in it alone. Yeah, so, you know, we are, I would say we are early, so we will still need to see like how, how everything will play out in terms of Maker. So we are it's our third month at Maker as Lama. So, you know, we haven't been there for that long as Lama. I've been involved for longer, but like not as delegate before and so on. Uh, but generally, like what we are bringing in is end to end development. And uh, like basically, you need something from idea. So we basically tell you, like, this is needed and this, this is what the benefits it will bring till like execution and you just like basically get it because it's like open source and public so we can just like you know just develop everything on our own and then just like kind of hand it over uh that's like where we where we are really like as a llama like trying to be the trusted partner you know our web balancer uh tokens of something we help it uh radical gitcoin some something where he helped as well uh, so we know these communities, we can help with uh, those type of uh, stuff to really execute and strengthen this partnership. There is also some like more like development type of things. So do some review of some new collateral. So from risk management perspective, should that collateral be onboarded? If yes, if it passed the review, we can also do the technical part of onboarding that collateral into the platform. So it's really like those like, technical things which sometimes might be like nice to have or like it's not core to run the protocol but it would improve the protocol and it will get additional benefits and additional revenue it's just DAO or like ave or maker or balance or someone else like they don't have resources at the moment to do it or we might come up even like with better ideas uh at the sense because we are involved in multiple things and that's where the synergies come in place we can help them without them even like need to move a finger <laughs> so Absolutely. uh so that's where like we are coming in place like basically like very trusted partner almost like part of the core team i mean uh on uh one thought it kind of feels really convenient i mean uh the sort of frontiers of tech that uh, all these crypto protocols are kind of playing at you uh, not every community can have that competence and uh for someone like lama who is so uh who's been in the game for so long with respect to treasury management and that sort of development can kind of fill in the gap uh with their expertise and all of that but then it begs a question i mean uh the community is getting involved in a protocol that has um, that is working at that frontier. And uh, let's face it, Lama is a separate entity of its own. The way I see it, it's like the EY of crypto uh, for treasury management to some extent. 
it is a consulting aspect now the question is now if you if you look at it from that lens a community that exists uh, that's kind of trying to run a op operation of its own and you have a service da for that extend that kind of consults a lot of different other does uh, i feel that especially when you are working on something very very uh, cutting edge tech you have to be kind of uh, our community should be careful of the sort of entities that come in and uh, act as governance what was something that was a service contract and you give your knowledge and it is acted upon within the team has now uh, kind of upgraded to the uh, uh the service dog having a say with the ownership itself so there are a lot of nuances there that has to be really thought of how do you decide uh, how do you kind of put in those standards where um, a certain dog should be accepted or rejected yeah uh no this is uh, this is like you know definitely concern uh we we've been exploring or thinking about um uh, and what i would say is the biggest benefit out of this let's say centralization approach is the knowledge sharing uh because if you are working on cutting edge technologies and you can see it from open source software like open source software move much faster and like it's more resilient than like commercial software and it's because like commercial it's like team of seven people closed in the room don't see a light for a couple of years uh and like you know nobody kind of reviewing it or like there is no like 10000 people in the community who will be reviewing that code and say hey this is actually wrong or something like that so they can come up with some cool concepts i'm not saying that not but like this open source software usually like come up with more resilient concept and also like there is just more eyes on it more more kind of power like uh, development power and i think the the service dows are bringing the similar concept to this like we are seeing what is going to be built uh in other aspects those things are not secrets like those things are usually on the forums they are public you know the smart contracts like are public it's on public blockchain everything but people don't have time to like read over them all and then learn from it and then develop their own you know they just like need to focus on their stuff but because we are involved by the nature of our business in all of these we kind of capture all of this education and then we when we start working for some protocol draw like we basically transfer them all this power all this like knowledge they can get from from us so what you said like is a kind of a centralization which we have tried to avoid i would say in the sense of knowledge sharing we should be as connected as possible and like i see a centralization in the sense like really good like and if you have like open source project like it's on github is it github a centralized like is it github centralizing all open source software or is it a risk probably in the sense that if like we lose lose all the data like you will be kind of screwed but like you know other than that it's good that it's everything on github because when you are looking for something you just go to github and you know you will find it same like wikipedia you know it's a it's a centralized thing wikipedia but like the community is decentralized and bringing it in. and i see this as the same 
like we might be like centralized team like we are the you know service DAO. however we are like so sourcing all this knowledge and all this like skills experience from all over here so when you need help with let's say this like treasury management you know and financial reporting you know that llama knows the best how to do it you know that they already probably learned from some mistakes before that they already did something went wrong and they know how to deal with it and you don't need to go through the journey again because someone already went through it and you just basically hire llama to do it and they do it right so that's kind of how how i see it there and very similar in the bankless consulting sense like there is 30,000 people in the DAO or 25,000 people in the DAO. That's a big amount of people. And everyone knows something. Even someone knows more, someone knows less. But, you know, it's a big crowd which can provide, like, big value. And we are sourcing the best talent from there to help other projects. And, again, those people that has been working, has been in the space for a while, the other projects, might not they might be web 2 transition into web 3 they might have capabilities in some way but maybe they like tokenomics expertise and we get them these people and those people already know all this tokenomics which has been around they know what failed and why so we can avoid it so that team doesn't need to go through the journey again like launching a token failing relaunching the token we can just do it right at the first place <laughs> And you know, and that's how I'm thinking about the service DAOs. Yeah, so um, I mean, I kind of see where you're coming at from the perspective of competence. That oh yes, you know, we have all these uh, the talent and the competence. So uh, these aspects of uh, governance, you know, you kind of uh, delegate it to something like the Llama for something like treasury management or something like that. But uh, you take a look at how. Um, any sort of traditional co company works if i if my company doesn't know something i would just rather have a contract and give some money out but uh, i wouldn't necessarily give him a stake to kind of uh, have a, a say in every single decision that the community has to do right so uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this aspect of a partial governance where uh this see for example service does i mean we're considering a future where i believe that DAOs will take over traditional companies boomer uh the boomer style of work is finished DAOs will take over the future of work how do you decide uh where do you just give money and where do you give ownership how do you kind of uh, put in the standards in place to ensure that yes, these people can be good stewards of my community and uh, we should kind of have them in. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. And I'm definitely aligned with like DAOs will take over the world uh, because, and that's also why I'm working on the book. I don't think I mentioned. Uh, so I'm working on the How to DAO book. Uh, it should be not pub published next year or, or so. Uh, so and definitely like one of the things uh we will be describing there it's like you know I mean, how the concept of DAOs uh will 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 succeed and like what will bring it to the world because like the impact is is really important here and like how it can impact like people's life and overall communities 
Uh, so I'm definitely super bullish on DAOs. Uh, from that perspective, like to decide, like uh, give ownership versus money. Uh, when I take uh, a bankless consulting as an example here, and like I take it from the service DAO perspective. So when we start a project, we take money as a first project only, uh, on the first project only. And it's usually because we want to first like get to know the project before we commit that we want to like own the project or like be part of, you know, the, the kind of upside and outside. You know, it's like, okay, if it's someone like well-known like Uniswap, probably we'll take everything in uni. But if it's like new project, it's just starting, I don't know the team and so on. Like I want to get to know people first and get to know what they are building before I commit that I am there also like as a part, as a, st a kind of stockholder kind of thing, you know, and being participating in governance and so on. So first it's like more like really service uh, relationship. And then we can evolve from there. When we are still building product with them and we know that we are aligned on our kind of thinking and the product vision and so on, we can get more into like getting more involved in the ownership side, maybe even hold tokens and, you know, help them with the governance and everything. So that's kind of how the service dialogues, like we don't want to commit to something what we don't know. Uh, in terms of Llama, I think it's a similar, we want to focus on like key clients or key like, uh, you know, protocols we are working with and we are like selective in that sense because we need to be, if we are there, we want to be 100% there, not just like, you know, 2% uh, or just like, to have it on the resume kind of thing. We need to be 100% there. If you are 100% there, then like, I think you are in great position to help the community, like steering the development and steering like the whole DAO where it should go because you are part of the team then. Like if I would not consider myself like as a not be part of maker, if that makes sense. Like. I am there because I want Maker to succeed. I am not not there because I want Llama to succeed. Like it's like of course I want Llama to succeed, but like I am Maker delegates for Maker to succeed. You know there, and that's that's I'm leveraging Llama resources to help Maker to succeed. So to your kind of question there, like I feel like if there is just like relationship on some side project or something like doesn't really make sense to be part of the governance as well because you don't know everything or if you are just like starting there. But when you are already 100% there, you are committed. Both sides are committed. We will work together long-term. We may have even like long-term contract, like one year working on some part of the project. Why not to leverage all this knowledge to help them also steer, be kind of independent voice on the governance side and like provide the guidance what uh where we can excellent so um you kind of take a look at um, uniswap for one matter pankar you remember last year there was this controversial vote about um, uh, i'm not sure which uh, i think it was harvard or berkeley there was a blockchain labs there was a vote to give them 10 million dollars and you had a lot of vcs kind of uh, VCs and the entire vote kind of just went through to them and it was very controversial in that space. 
you mean the grant from Unis- uh, Uniswap? Yes, yes. The $10 million a grant that went to a blockchain labs. So uh, the point here is um, when you take this sort of controversial decisions, you know, um, what's uh, kind of the thing is it's not just important for um, these, uh, for a service DAO to kind of get involved, uh, not just from a treasury management aspect, but to get really ingrained with the community itself, to understand what's going on, how the community actually thinks through, uh, to be able to take a vote uh, on things beyond the treasury management side. So for other DAOs or service DAOs that may want to get involved, like what Lama does, you know, uh, what are your what is your advice to kind of uh, help them uh, be uh, very good stewards and uh, kind of take the right decision for the sake of the community. How do they uh, become, uh, how are they able to navigate such things, you know, besides their core competence? If if you are going to give them the ownership, then uh, they have to be involved in uh, things beyond the uh, the key treasury management aspect also. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, how should uh, they get involved? Uh, that's a great question and like there are more like let's say professional delegates or like some like organizations which are trying to be like involved in multiple uh DAOs and like professionalize the space which is great uh i think we have a long way to go uh but it's already starting so people are building the teams to be uh you know professional delegates which means like have an analyst have a developer have all the kind of resources uh available for that kind of job uh we probably need to like improve on the protocol side like how those people actually get like funded what are the incentives there for them uh that's something what definitely needs to be improved to not be like people should not be there for money but also people should not be looking for you know some other gains with like malicious voting or something like that so we need to prevent malicious voting with the incentives we should not also have the incentives for people to be there just for money which is kind of tricky tricky balance but that's kind of just the advice to the protocols we should work on that uh for the service DAO or other delegates which are becoming uh i would say the number one thing is focus don't try to be delegate everywhere if you don't have resources start with one start to be delegate at one protocol you need to be very deep into the protocol you need to know what is going on you need to know the core team you need to be participating in the course like you cannot just be delegate on the paper you need to actually work there and so if you do not have more resources start with one pick one which you are the most bullish on or like there is the biggest opportunity for you and start with that don't go for a second so that will be number one Second, uh, have long-term vision. Uh, usually, being a delegate, it's hard, a lot of hard work uh, without immediate compensation or immediate some upside. Therefore, you need to have long-term vision and you need to know, like, now I'm working on this. I'm, I want to get in this point. This will be first success, second success, third success. And then I actually might, you know, be like, also happy with like what I'm getting compensated with or like how it play out uh, for me overall, uh, because we all need to be compensated uh, for our work. Otherwise it's not long-term sustainable. So think long-term, but like 
be mindful it will take time to get into like some more comfortable uh position so that will be probably my like two biggest advices uh also like if you want to do something like that you have some questions uh feel free to uh dm me i might respond <laughs> uh, with that regard you know the, uh, my final question here is uh, uh now this whole door to door governance itself is kind of a very nascent thing that's kind of popping up uh, what are the other governance trends that you see are kind of uh, shaping up that's kind of uh, really out there you know, besides the door to door governance within the space yeah so dog to dog governance something what i'm like kind of spearheading but like other interesting concepts are definitely nouns and uh you know how nouns using nfts uh for governance uh it's super cool uh actually lama just helped build uh, some like interface uh for nouns and uh, you know like the way how they approach it uh that every day you will have one nft to be minted i think it's every seventh nft is going to internal treasury so they have some internal funds as well or some, not totally you know familiar with everything but like it's just like the concept works like the stability of the price of an nft it's impressive also how that like scaling up the community slowly like the governance power slowly like keep very much like consistent decisions because like they started let's say like there's a 20 people and then like every day one more person could have a governance vote it's not that you launched airdrop token to everyone and now yeah, like you actually not sure who you are getting in you know it's if you think about it like you airdrop tokens to like random people and then like you are just like scared that they will come in and start voting because you don't know who they are and like in this sense like now is the the very very like in the smart way because like they just add one more person and like they get to know that one one person and they get to know another one person and like it the culture will won't change because they will kind of be accepting only one more person every day or like maybe it will be eventually like as we discussed out to dog governance like community accepting into it because a community by the burnout but it like keep everything very much steady predictable and like i am super bullish on them and also how they then distribute the funds like you know like the small grants they are giving and even bigger to really expand the nouns uh brand uh everywhere now i saw which uh, kind of to get gitcoin like there is also this uh nouns for public goods uh so there is like kind of a fork of nouns for public goods so every 12 hours i think is that like it's a different nouns it's like public nouns uh which will be fully into uh public goods and you know it's just like expanding uh the possibilities so there's definitely like interesting concept uh which just has been launched and forked many times uh i think they might be forked more time than olympus Uh, <laughs> uh, let, let's see. Uh, does a huge amount of work. I'm surprised. I won't be surprised if they eat up the entire space one day. The amount of uh, of sub does that just kind of participate in the space. It's just crazy. And with that, uh, 
we i think you know considering time it's uh, you know we it's time for us to wrap up it's been an amazing conversation the sort of advice that you've given um with respect to bringing in the concept of dao to dao governance and how uh, if there are protocols who i mean let's face it the community sometimes may not be able to keep up with everything why should they struggle when the community is not able to keep up so uh, having those sort of daos to come in as an option for a uh, kind of governing at those key moments is kind of critical and um uh, you've kind of explained that pretty well and with the sort of work that lama is also doing to kind of actively um uh, be a responsible voice for protocols like maker and ave and allowing them to really focus on their uh, key products while you take care of what's not uh in their uh, key of competence and the sort of advice that he gave about uh, being a, a responsible delegator is also pretty uh, fascinating and uh, something that uh, futures to you know service dows may want to incorporate uh, thank you so much pankar for such wonderful advice how can people i mean uh, there's a long list of uh, items there but how can people follow your journey and the sort of initiatives that you are uh, kind of uh, really interested to get them to participate in yeah so i'm on twitter uh i would not say that i'm like super active but i'm trying to post about everything i'm kind of involved in uh so you can find me there uh punkar_defi uh you can also dm me um uh, on twitter or uh discord or telegram so on all of these i am uh you know at punkar uh so so you can dm me there so and if you need any help you know thinking about governance designing governance designing the incentive structure or so or would be talk about here you know i'm really open to to any discussions and i'm here to support the web3 ecosystem and like make sure that those projects are not failing but succeeding so uh you know super super keen to to work with uh with cool projects out there awesome and also since you're writing the book uh when do we get copies of it <laughs> is uh, there some alpha for my listeners yet <laughs> so it will take some time uh we are going through the longer official publisher route uh so there but we will definitely announce when uh when it's out there uh when the first copies are going out and uh, i will try to sneak you some uh initial copies as well that sounds amazing pankar can't wait to read it it's always been fascinating also i'm going to plug pankar here also i've been uh, watching your um, these the governance sessions also and i find them really fascinating the sort of work that you do with themes is really amazing i think it will be uh, a good uh, governance resource for future delegates and uh, operators out there with that regard thank you so much pankar for coming in the podcast abhishek uh, anything else that you would like to add Thank you Pankar looking forward to the book Thank you thank you Abhishek and Abhishek uh you know uh happy to be here and thank you